Welcome in. Good to have you. Happy Fat Tuesday. I um, you know, there was some discussion today going around the office. I mean, we, we Debbie Dingle, nice enough, every year brings us real authentic punchkeys. Rocky Richkovsky also uh, nice enough to drop some off as well. You know, there is apparently there is something between real punchkeys and not real punchkeys. Like, what makes a punchkey a punchkey? Because I was told today that the punchkeys that were here were real punchkeys. And I think I'm saying that wrong, but I don't know. I don't know the, the plural singular version. But I was told that if you go to, like, Kroger or you go to Bushes or wherever, that those punchkey that they have there are not, it's not real. So is it the ingredients that makes, I don't know what it is. But if if you can explain this to me, I'd love to to get an explanation on this because it it kind of blew my mind. I had no idea that 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 there was a difference between because at some point it becomes a donut, right? It just becomes a jelly filled or custard filled donut. So what's the difference? Because there is a distinct difference. I've been told eight hundred eight five nine zero nine five seven. Um, we got a lot to do today, including. Disease X. What is disease X? The World Health Organization is warning of disease X. We'll get to it coming up towards the end of the hour. But there is already plans underway for disease X. What what does that mean? We'll talk about it. Um, But there is some news on Donald Trump's Georgia case. Now, as we have talked about on this show multiple times, The prosecutor in the case, the DA, Fannie Willis, has come under a microscope for potentially an inappropriate relationship with the lead prosecutor in the case who she hired. That they were they had some sort of uh, relationship. Fannie Willis and Nathan Wade. And. The questions at the heart of this of this accusation is whether or not money was used irresponsibly or wrongfully or illegally here. And if that is true, and I suppose there are another, there are a whole host of issues that could fall under a category where, where she could be dismissed from this case. And that would put the Georgia case examining Donald Trump's alleged election interference In grave danger. Now, I'm not saying it's at that point yet. The judge in the case says that they are going to hear. It's a two-day trial. The judge is going to hear whether or not uh, the information, evidence would lead to Fannie Willis being dismissed from the case. After this romantic affair, romantic relationship that she has or, or had uh, with Nathan Wade. The judge said in the case, if there's anything that is referring to harassment or undue embarrassment, I'm not going to feel inhabited from stepping in, even without an objection from counsel, to move this along and keep it focused at the issue at hand. But I think from from um, from the case that was built in Georgia, if if Annie Willis is dismissed, I mean, I've seen legal experts say, well, this case could be thrown out. I mean, th- this could be over. And 
from many legal minds, they thought the Georgia case was the one where Donald Trump had the most issues. Right. The, 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 the possibility of of, you know, getting into some real trouble. But if that case is in jeopardy, that would give Donald Trump a it would it would it would give him an incredible boost. Also, I'm not entirely sure why Republicans are going after Taylor Swift. I I, I don't understand it. Um, look, she's not my cup of tea. All right. She I've never just turned Taylor Swift on in the car to jam out. I'm not her audience. I'm not her demographic. I I I I gave the analogy yesterday. Um you know, I uh I watched the Barbie movie with my wife a couple of uh, weeks ago. And it was dreadful. It was just terrible. It was awful. I mean, awful. Truly awful. But I'm not the demographic. When I was a kid, I was playing with GI Joes. I wasn't playing with Barbies. So for me, I'm not the demographic. It's that movie's not for me. So it was just it was it's very strange to me when there is, a um, you know, particularly those on the right that are attacking Taylor Swift and saying that, you know, she's a Biden plant and and uh, the NFL was rigged because she's dating Travis Kelsey and and the NFL wanted uh, the 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 Chiefs to win the Super Bowl because of Taylor. It's it's a little weird to me. It's it's reached a degree of it's nonsensical. First of all, if the NFL wanted to fix the 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 outcome of the Super Bowl, I mean, it had nothing to do with Taylor Swift. Nothing. Nothing at all. The, she she is a a storyline to this. Dave, this this past off season, right? There were those commercials. I think it was Keegan Michael Key who was who was the main star of those commercials. They were all sitting at like a table talking about the 2023 NFL script. Like there's that running, that joke has been running forever. And finally the NFL just leaned into it and made it a joke. So even if, even if you believed that they were already poking fun of it before it was even known that apparently Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey are a thing. Sure. It's nonsense. It's nonsense. What would have happened if the Chiefs had lost? Well, they weren't going to lose because it was. Would she have? Fixed. Would she have? Uh, um, would she have uh, then broken up with? Yeah, well, and, absolutely. And then, and then had a new song. Yeah, she would. Yeah, she would have had to break. She would have had to uh, broken <laughs> things off. Exactly. And then write a new song. Uh, right. You know, my ex, the loser, or something like that. Does that mean that the Chiefs are already set to become the first team to ever three peat? Well, I guess. It, I guess. Year? I guess under the parameters of the nuts, it would be. Uh, uh, it would depend on if they're still together. Right. So if they're still together come training camp, then the Chiefs are going to three-peat? I guess. Wow. Yeah, or, or, I mean, she's got to be there the duration of the season. Well, that's disappointing then for uh, for the rest of the teams, right? Yeah. Why? What are we doing then? What are we playing for? Exactly. But it is it is a strange, like, uh, conspiracy theory. Um, and it's so, I mean, look, I, I take there, you back to 2020 when all of entertainment, whether it was musicians or actors and actresses, everybody was backing Biden. I mean, I, I'm a big fan of the show Parks and Rec. Mm-hmm. Love Parks and Rec, Amy Poehler, great Rob show. Lowe. Great, great show. show, great show. Um, 
they they uh, they did a reunion show on Zoom just so they could raise money for the DNC. I mean, they weren't even hiding it. It wasn't even, we're not even like going to give it to a special interest group. It was like raise money to help elect Joe Biden, right? You know, um, I have a text message here that says that Taylor Swift made Biden-Harris cookies in 2020. Okay, what does that mean? I don't know. Guys, Taylor Swift backed Marsha Blackburn's opponent when she was up for re-election in what, 2018? She is so. a Democrat. It, this isn't new. Yeah. Then it says it's here, not new it, that she would that she would support Democrats and Joe Biden. It's not crazy. There's another text that says that those same anti Taylor Swift fans are the same fans that think that Big Orange won the last election. I don't like. I don't care about any of that. My point is when I when it comes to Taylor Swift and the NFL, I'm mad because I just want to watch football. And you're making it about something other than football on a football broadcast. I agree with you 100%. That's the only thing that drives me crazy. I agree with Otherwise, you. Otherwise, I don't care. What do I care who she's dating, what she's doing, who she's... It doesn't matter to me. And if and if there are people out there, and we talked about this, what, last week, week before, if there are people out there that are going to base their vote on Taylor Swift, we have bigger issues. 100%. I mean, we have much bigger issues with the voting base. 800-859-0957. I have a very important question for you coming up. Speaking of Donald Trump, is the tide turning? Those who used to be vehemently against Donald Trump are at least some of them are coming around. Why? Talk about it next on JR Afternoon. So I need your your help on this. I need your participation. I, I want your opinion. Because there is something happening that I... It wasn't on my bingo card, I'll tell you that. Michael Rappaport, he's a comedian, he's an actor. You've probably seen him in whatever. Um, He was a huge anti-Trump advocate. Hated everything about Donald Trump, from the color of his skin, to his hair, to his mannerisms, everything. Hated Donald Trump uh, with a passion said vile things about Donald Trump. Look, he's a comedian. I don't generally touch that stuff, all right? I think, I think humor is, um, it, it, it's, it's individual. You, you can think something's funny. Uh, somebody else can think the same thing isn't funny. It's objective, all right? So I don't get crazy about that stuff. I, generally, I leave comedians alone. But this guy, it wasn't a bit. It wasn't funny. This was how he was feeling. It was social commentary. It was political commentary. It was, I do not like this this person, this president, this man because of this. And it wasn't just Trump. It was his kids. It was his son-in-law, Jared Kushner. I mean, it was over and over and over again. Um, he would attack Donald Trump for anything, even up to the point where he was being indicted. So, So recently... Just the other day, he was on the PBD podcast. That's the Patrick Bet David podcast. And one of the things that he latched on to from Donald Trump was the Charlottesville, there's fine people on both sides. And what most people did, most lazy people did, was 
They heard Donald Trump say it in a nice, clean, 20-second soundbite. And they said, oh, Donald Trump says there's nice people on one side that was full of white supremacists and white nationalists and Nazis and sympathizers. Okay, but if you went back and listened, you would have heard what he actually said, okay, which wasn't the case. They were protesting taking down a Robert E. Lee statue. Some people were there protesting to protest. Then there were people, ugly people, people who believe in despicable things, nasty people, awful people. They were were there too. But Donald Trump's point were there were people that are exercising their right to protest, okay? People who were acting properly, good people protesting. So, but the news media spun it. CNN, MSNBC, they went on a rampage with it, and they gave you the the 18-second the cut of Donald Trump saying there was fine people on both sides. So Michael Rappaport was one of the people that gravitated towards that and went on an absolute tirade of Donald Trump. I, I mean, eviscerated him because he said there was fine people on both sides. But on this PBD podcast, the Patrick Bet David podcast, He made an interesting omission that I want you to hear. And then I have a very important question for you as we gear up for November. Here's Michael Rappaport on the podcast. You know, that one thing about the Charlottesville that 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 I ranted about. Yes. And I was wrong about the both sides thing. Yeah. Yeah, And and I respect so irresponsible. And I respect. Wait, let me let me hear him out. Hang on. Go a little bit more. What do you mean by that? You were wrong on that. No, because he said the, the both sides, you know, there's good people on both sides. And when you see the full quote, yeah, yeah, it, that wasn't what, what he said. And, 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 you know, I, I ranted on him hard for that. Mm-hmm. Hard. There's some video about it, whatever. Yeah. I mean, I ranted hard because I was like, what are you talking about, man? Because you got played. And here's what the re- this is why I think you're going to vote for Trump is because you, much like me, much like many people, independent thinkers, not the sheep. Realize we kind of got played a little bit. Yes, Trump ain't exactly the smoothest character. He's not, he's not Jesus Christ. No, but he actually, his policies and who he has around him are way better than what's going on there. All right, so what this guy just admitted to, not only being irresponsible for the words and his actions, but he goes, I was wrong. Once I saw the full clip, it was completely different. It wasn't what the media fed to me. Now, he says, went on to say, and I'm not going to play all the audio, but he went on to say that he will not vote for Biden. He will not vote for Kamala Harris. He will not do it. He said he's got to really think about pulling the lever on Donald Trump, actually filling in that bubble and casting a vote for Donald Trump. But he says he will not vote for Biden Harris. So what is happening here? Now, this is one example. It's one example. This is somebody who was vehemently anti-Trump. This is somebody who said really despicable things out of the context of comedy or acting, right? This is somebody who went on to Instagram or or TikTok or X or whatever and and just ranted, expletive-laden, went on this tirade of Donald Trump. All right, that to me, there is a, that's a switch. That's a change. Now, whether or not he votes for Donald Trump, it's it's a vote for Donald Trump. If he abstains, it's a vote for Donald Trump because he sure as heck voted for Joe Biden before in 2020. So that's one less vote for Joe Biden, which means that's a that's a vote for Donald Trump. That is a win for Donald Trump. So what, my question to you, 800-859-0957, 
What is it? What's the switch? Is it a rise in anti-Semitism and the Biden administration not doing anything about it? Is it woke issues? Is it the difficulty of defining what a woman is? Is it the way students are being treated in public schools these days? Is it this perceived racial inequality in the United States? Is it wars? Is it Russia, Ukraine, Israel, Hamas? Is it the, the horrific way we pulled out of Afghanistan? Is it D&I initiatives in the military? Is it the border? Is it homelessness? What is it? Is it, is it, is it Joe Biden's mental decline? What is it? Because this, uh, nobody saw this coming. Where people who were so staunchly anti-Trump are now switching over and realizing that, okay, I maybe I don't vote for Donald Trump, but this this steady diet of information that was fed to me from the likes of CNN, MSNBC, the New York the New York uh, 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 the New York Times, the Washington Post, all of these places that were spoon feeding me nonsense, politicians certainly, it was nothing. It was garbage. They were giving me empty calories. They weren't even providing me any sort of sustenance. It was all it was all fabricated nonsense. So why is that change happening? And and it's not just Michael Rappaport. There are more and more people like this that are going, okay, well, maybe Donald Trump, you know, uh what isn't the most eloquent speaker, or maybe Donald Trump. Uh, his personality is not what I prefer, but we weren't going through record inflation under Donald Trump. We didn't see the 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 elevated levels of issues in schools or wars. Everything was pretty copacetic on the geopolitical stage. So what is changing for people? Why are there people making this switch? Because that's a pretty substantial changeover to go. I am an I am a never Trumper. I am somebody who who cannot get on board with Donald Trump. To to making a move saying, well, I'm not voting for Joe Biden, so I got to think about whether or not I vote for Donald Trump, but I'm certainly not voting for the left. Eight hundred eight five nine zero nine five seven eight hundred eight five nine zero WJR. I want to hear from you. We'll get to your calls, your texts. As we wrap up the first half of the hour of the show here on WJR. All right, so why do you think people are making this this switch to Donald Trump? Or at least by, by, by I guess, proxy. Because if they're not going to support Joe Biden, it's essentially a vote for Donald Trump. So why, why is that? Why is somebody like Michael Rappaport going, um, I made a mistake. I made a mistake. And, you know, turns out, the grass isn't always greener on the other side, A. And B, I think I was duped here. I think I was taken for a ride. Why Why is that? Why are we experiencing that? Because that's not something that I expected. It certainly isn't something that I I ever thought would happen. Somebody like Michael Rappaport going, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change course here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll back. And and admit a mistake here with Donald Trump. 800-859-0957, 800-859-0WJR. Eric's in Belleville. He kicks us off today. What's up, Eric? 
Yes, sir. Thank you mm-hmm. for taking the call. I think you've uh, laid the groundwork uh, quite well, and even Mr. Rappaport himself uh, not, not only suggested he'd been duped, but uh, the idea that we're running into inflation and an open border and tremendous division in the country, decreased free speech, on and on and on. And these are kind of all because uh, we seem to make snap judgments when we hear things come from the media. And we need to do a little research. And it doesn't take that much. And you immediately find out that, hey, a lot of this stuff is absolutely not true. And then you even start to wonder if the um, what I call lies are coordinated in some way mm-hmm. among the various media sources. Now, that's a jump, I realize. Well, but Eric, it's not a jump because those those media outlets, they'll talk to Democrats on on one side or they'll talk to politicians on one side. And it's just the same talking points. It's the right. same one, stuff. They parrot the same stuff. Right. And one factoid that just came out this morning, we had a an unfavorable inflation report. Uh-huh. So, and a lot of it is all concentrated in the housing area. And that is because, and this was on CNBC uh, with Kramer, uh, saying here we have this mass immigration and naturally there's going to be a a much increased demand for housing, especially on the low end. So this hurts poor people tremendously and it affects homeless people and it can even cause homeless people. So that that's how I put it all together. Uh, Eric, good stuff. I appreciate the thoughts. I mean, for me, it's, I don't know that it's one issue, right? I, I think it's probably a multifaceted, um, realization that when you look back, right, f- first of all, no matter any president in history, no president is fairly judged in the time they were president, right? It takes years and years and years. I, I think with, you know, with, with George W. Bush, I mean, you look at George W. Bush, he was perceived as some dolt, some, some, you know, simpleton from, from, from Texas that was just a, you know, a guy and he wasn't really dialed in. It it was nonsense. I mean, it's nonsense. And you look back and people don't have the same harsh impressions of, of George W. Bush that they did then. Right. So, so time grants us the ability to go back and look at what a president did, didn't do, should have done um, that would have, that would have changed things for the better, for the worse, would have put us on a different trajectory. You know, now in in the midst of a president who is seeking reelection, who will be the oldest president ever elected again, should he be elected, um, would is is grappling with the idea that our borders are wide open. I don't care what they say. It's the truth. Uh, our immigration laws are not being enforced. So they're open. Um, You're dealing with a guy who is obviously, obviously dealing with some sort of health issue. I don't know what it is. I'm not a doctor. I won't diagnose it. But it's pretty obvious. You know, like in a press conference when you're supposed to quell the fears of the American public that you're not losing your faculties. And then you, you you know, bumble and mumble your way 
through a press conference and make multiple errors. It doesn't help. But I mean, I, I don't know. I don't. I, to me, it's not one thing. I think it's probably a multi-faceted approach. It's probably immigration. It's probably in rise in hate crimes, specifically anti-Semitism. I think there is a number of issues as it relates to to the the uh, the growing conflicts in in Europe, in the Middle East, uh, the Afghanistan withdrawal. I don't think people forgot about that. I think there's a number of issues. That really contribute to this. What do you think? 800-859-0957, 800-859-0WJR. And so I, I, think it's, I think it's multiple things. And again, I, I think that when you look at what, what Michael Rappaport is doing, this, is, this, is, this would be one of the people that I would tell you is not ever going to turn around on his view on Donald Trump. That's just not going to happen. Right. I would tell you that he's one of those one of those people. The fact that he's going, oh, man, I was taken for a ride here. And, you know, I listened to the. uh, What? That's shocking. And I, I, I tend to believe that more people are feeling that way that maybe voted for Joe Biden. I think more and more people are starting to feel that way. 800-859-0957, 800-859-0957. I think it's an interesting look at where the voting public is in the middle of February. Because I don't think Joe Biden has done himself a lot of favors over the last, well, really to start the year. I I think it's been a bit of a rough go for him. So why are we seeing this change now? 800-859-0957. 800-859-0957. Dave's in Rochester. Hello, David. Hey, Chris. Uh, are you familiar with Charlottesville? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, do you think that's, you think the uh, film, the, the film footage they have of that is AI generated, Photoshop? No. Footage? No. Okay. Okay. If you followed it. Okay. Well, the whole, that was not a few people there. There was thousands. The Friday night, night before. You know what their chants were, Chris? What were their chants, Dave? I'd love to know what every single person at that at that uh, gathering was chanting. Hey, yeah, watch the tape. You'll find it. Blood oh, every person? Every person? Blood and Dave, that's not true, Dave. Now, don't, now you want to you you accused me yesterday of peddling uh, nonsense. Now that's nonsense, Dave. You know it. It's got the video evidence, Chris. You can watch it, Dave. Not everybody was doing it, Dave. Come on now. Well, guess what? I don't care if anyone. Oh, oh. All okay. those people, you can watch them. You can watch them. You can well, then why, the Dave, crowd. why is Michael Rappaport doing a 180 on this? Then tell me. Why? Why one person? There's 340 persons. Why? Who? Why? Who? Who cares? What? Why? This must be important. Michael Rappaport, whatever his name is. Oh. <laughs> so what? Hmm. Wow, we got to Do you think do, do you think it's 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 one guy? You don't think there are multiple yeah, no, people well, that, are, that are that are that uh, are You know how many people actually work? You know how many people were can't picked by Donald Trump including the generals including any all the anyone with a reputation? Hey, what do we do? What what is this? What what does this have to do with my question to you? 
Dave, does Dave have anything to say? Dave, what, what does this have to do with my question to you? What is, why is Michael Rappaport? I just, people do crazy stuff all the time. Oh, okay? it's cra- he's crazy. Now he's crazy. Oh, before, Dave, you loved him because he's, 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 he's doing the Lord's work by, by, by knocking Donald Trump on social media. Now he's crazy. Got it. Thanks, Dave. Got to take a break. We're talking about the ZZX coming up on JR Afternoon. All right, so I just asked the question. What, what, what would make somebody like Michael Rappaport just... I mean, completely do a 180 on Donald Trump. I, to me, that's shocking. But I do think that there are more and more people that are that are doing just that. 800-859-0957. Let's get to a couple of texts. And we're moving on to disease X. What do you got, Dave? Got a text from a 586 era, area code which says, uh, you were asking why we won't be voting for Biden. It's all of what you mentioned, and it's the open borders and the corruption of their family and everyone that's around them. And it's that we want a better life and we don't want our president to give in to all of these wars. You had a great list. That's why that's why we don't want Look, President I don't, Biden. I don't know if that's the definitive list. I, but I think that, again, I, I think that when you put all these together, it could that could come up to a case where you go, I can't do it. I can't do it. Or, or I got to I got to at least give Donald Trump another look here if those are my options. Another text from the 248 area code says, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. That's why I vote Donald Trump. I know Trump cares less about me, but he did a good job. Okay, so this is somebody who who can look past the personality, I guess? I guess. Okay. Yeah. And, um, yeah, that's about, uh, okay. that's about it. All right, 800-859-0957. We'll take more of your calls, your texts on, on that question. In the meantime, there has been something that's, you know, kind of floated around online now for for a, a bit, and it's disease X. And in fact, the World Health Organization is talking about disease X more and more, um, and that they are using that designation as a placeholder for an unknown infectious condition that could be capable of causing an an epidemic or a pandemic, as it as it potentially could spread worldwide it goes back to 2017 it was just it's just a placeholder um until they discover a pathogen or an unknown pathogen that that would they would then name and give a a definition to kind of like they did with with uh covid19 dr matthew sims of corwell health he's the director of infectious disease research he joins us on this doc good to have you back Thanks, Sam. Happy to be back. Uh, talk to me about about a little bit what Disease X is and why the World Health Organization seems to be so so focused on it at the moment. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, Disease X is not anything specific. It's hypothetical, right? It's what's the next big problem we're going to face. Um, you know, and I'm, I've talked about this, you know, many, you know, I've been talking about COVID since, you know, January of 2020, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things I've said, um, which is, you know, it's a, it's a sort of funny thing to think to, to say, um, is in some ways, we were incredibly lucky with COVID, right? Because while it was amazingly contagious, and a lot of people died, right? It, its mortality was actually relatively low, right? Mm-hmm. It was in the end around one and a half to 2%, right? But when you look at the other coronaviruses that cause severe disease in humans, 
You had the original SARS, which was something like 12% mortality. You have MERS, which is 43% mortality. Now, can you imagine the scenario where you have the contagiousness of COVID and the mortality of MERS, right? It mm -hmm. would have completely destroyed human society. Sure. So in, in the sense of, I mean, this has been, you know, they've used designation um, disease X for, for a number of years now, going back to 2017. Mm -hmm. what, are, are there preparations underway? Is there, are, are, they, are they looking into how to better prepare for a pandemic or epidemic? How do they use that as a way to, to prognosticate what could be coming down the pipe and, and potentially how to stop it? Yeah, so there's a lot of preparation underway, a lot which is in the background. And even with all of that, we will sometimes going to get caught flat-footed, right? Mm -hmm. um, because we don't know where the next disease is going to come from. All we know is that we continue to get new diseases, right? And part of that's just the sort of normal evolution of pathogens. And part of that has to do with just how much the human race travels around the world and how much we're going to areas where you know, human beings haven't been before, you know, into the, the depths of, you know, uh, the Amazon and into different areas. And we're changing the environment, right? So if we do construction in an area that was all wild, you know, the animals and insects that from that area are going to move outward and carry whatever they have with them. So that's why you get diseases that sort of migrate around the world or into different parts that, where they weren't there before. Yeah. So, for example... Um, Chagas disease, which is carried by insects and it's native to South America, is now in the southern parts of the United States because um, those because of you know construction and and movement of people and whatnot, which have sort of forced those insects into more northern areas. Mm. We saw that with Zika virus, right? We've seen that with any number of things over the years. Um, so what the uh, WHO um, and the CDC and others are trying to do is is predict what might be coming and figure out sort of ways to deal with it in on a hypothetical basis, right? If you say, if we have a disease that spreads this fast and in this manner, what's the best way to interrupt it? How do we do this? So back when SARS came, you know, in, in like around 2000-ish um, or 2003-ish rather, yep. um, you know, the uh, um, one of the things the WHO did is they put out an announcement that said no travel to these cities, period. Right. Right. right? Now, people have questioned whether they even had the right to do that, but they did it. And you know what? We don't have SARS anymore mm. because in part because of that. That's not the only thing that did it, but it was a major piece of it. So at some point when you have these global pandemics, I mean, the part of the biggest problem we had with COVID is we didn't have a completely unified global response. Yeah. We had different countries doing different things and different people doing different things and, you know, different levels of enforcement and whatnot. But, you know, if we had a, a, a better global response, we would have, you know, probably done a bit better. Good insights, Dr. Matthew Sims at Corwell Health. Thanks so much, uh, as always. We'll talk again soon. Yeah, take care. Yep, you got it. Uh, in the meantime, uh, we'll, we'll squeeze in a call here before we go to break. I want to get to more of your calls and your texts coming up uh, at, in the 3 o'clock hour. Get you caught up on a couple of other news stories today as well. 800-859-0957. My question just, why are more, why are more and more people starting to make this switch 
to Donald Trump after voting for Joe Biden or or not being Republicans, conservatives, but but for some reason they're gravitating towards Donald Trump for some reason. Why do you think that is? Ken's in Attica. He's got some thoughts. Hello, Ken. Hi, Chris. Hey. Uh, just uh, kind of a response to the gentleman that called that was kind of all crazy about the, uh, the flip from mm-hmm. excoriating Trump to kind of maybe maybe so. There, I just wanted to recommend a video if, uh, if you get the opportunity. It's called uh, The Business of Paradigms by Joel S. Barker. It was produced around 1990, and uh, he demonstrated quite handily there that when information, when we receive information that doesn't fit the paradigm, our paradigm, whatever that is, mm-hmm. it's very difficult, almost impossible to see it. Yeah. And uh, it was just really a well done, well done video made for business, but. Uh, it really demonstrated how we perceive things from a human Yeah, it, it probably translates, certainly, to politics. Ken, it's, it's good, uh, good, good stuff, good recommendation. I'll check it out. 800-859-0957, 800-859-0WJR. We'll get to more of your calls, your texts coming up next. Also, bad news for the Biden administration as it pertains to the inflation number. We'll talk about that coming up in the 3 o'clock hour as well. Busy still yet today. lot to do. Don't go anywhere as we continue on JR Afternoon. All right, welcome back. 3 o'clock hour. It's good to have you. And we got a lot to do still. Yes, we are talking about the inflation numbers. It is up today according to a new report by the Bureau of Labor and Statistics. So we'll get to that coming up. Uh, next at 318 with Patrick Anderson. In the meantime, get you updated on what's going on in a couple different cases. Uh, down in Houston at Lakewood Ch- uh, Church, that's Joel Osteen's church, uh, that's where the shooting happened this weekend. Um, interestingly enough, uh, this this person, this woman uh, who who went in to shoot up the church uh, took her seven-year-old son with her and the seven-year-old was caught in the crossfire after two off-duty police officers returned fire uh, eliminating uh the the suspect here the 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 armed woman um also (laughs) interestingly enough uh she on her long gun had a sticker that said free palestine she, at one point, was married to a man, the father of the seven-year-old, who is of Jewish descent. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, the her ex-husband's mother, her ex-mother-in-law, is a rabbi. And so interesting, interesting side note here for Genesee Moreno. Uh, the mother-in-law put out on social media that uh, I believe she lives in Mexico. Uh, she was flying up to be with her grandson uh, as he fights for his life. He was he was uh, hit in the head by gunfire. And uh, the father is also coming to uh, his his son's aid. Um, the mother-in-law, the the rabbi said, although my former daughter-in-law raged against Israel and Jews 
in a pro-Palestinian rant yesterday, this has nothing to do with Judaism or Islam. But this is what happens when reckless and irresponsible reporting lets people with severe mental illness have an excuse for violence. So putting a little bit of the onus on on news media outlets that are perpetuating um, the the violence. Uh, she says, no one ever ever blame a police officer who carries out his or her rightful duty to save lives, even if they are found responsible for shooting my grandson. The fault lies in a child protective service of Montgomery County and Harris County, which refused to remove custody from a woman who known mental illness, who was not being treated with the state of Texas for not having strong red flag laws that would have prevented Moreno from owning or possessing a gun. Uh, so it update you on that story. It's a very sad story. Um, also, um, the the situation involve, uh, uh, evolving in Fulton County, Georgia, as the DA Fannie Willis will face a two-day trial uh, for her potential relationship, alleged relationship, with... Nathan Wade, who is the prosecutor that Fannie Willis hired to handle the Trump case. But she she had hired this man who she was having an affair with. And now the question is, well, what 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 really happened here? Was there an exchange of money? How at what point? What what is the threshold there if it does cross the threshold of impropriety? And and how does that impact the case? I've I've seen reports from legal experts that are saying that that if 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 she gets found on this and she's she she's barred from this trial, I mean that's going to throw the whole case into a tizzy, and potentially um have the case thrown out, which would would be a huge win for Donald Trump. We're not there yet, but the judge has at least agreed to hear this case, uh, and we'll hear evidence on it. Uh, meanwhile, I asked you the question. I played you the Michael Rappaport audio. We, I can play uh, if uh, again for you if you if you'd like a little later on in the hour. But Michael Rappaport, a comedian, a uh, an actor who had been vehemently against Donald Trump, who had posted numerous expletive laden videos on social media talking about Donald Trump and how he's such an evil, bad person. And on a podcast recently, the PBD podcast, the Patrick Bet David podcast. Um, He basically said, well, all the information that I was given was wrong about Charlottesville, which was probably his more notable rant on Donald Trump. Uh, There were good people on both sides. And he is coming to the point where he says, I will not vote for Joe Biden. I will not vote for Kamala Harris. I don't know if I'm going to vote for Donald Trump yet, but I'm not voting for them. Now, that's as good enough of a vote for Donald Trump as, as somebody who casts a ballot for Donald Trump. If you're pulling away votes from Joe Biden, that's a win for Donald Trump. So why is that happening? Is it anti-Semitism? Is it woke issues? Is it wars like in Russia and Ukraine and Israel and Hamas? Is it the Afghanistan withdrawal? Is it DEI initiatives in the military? Is it the border homelessness? Like, what is it? Because I think there's probably the reality is it's, it's some combination of multiple things for people. What is that? Why can you explain that to me? 800-859-0957, 800-859-0WJR. Explain to me how somebody like Michael Rappaport can make that 180 switch. Patrick's in Waterford. He joins us. What's up, Patrick? 
Hey, how are you? Good. Um, so another uh, event that just happened last night, uh, you may, may or may not be a fan of Jon Stewart, but he returned to The Daily Show last night. I saw. It was great. I thought it'd be, yeah, I thought it would be interesting to watch because it's no question where he is politically and, mm-hmm. and, and whatnot. But in his return, given all the current events going on, I really wanted to see how he approached it, especially as a comedian, as comedy in general has just avoided, you know, Biden's conditions and whatnot. And you're right. I thought he actually did a fantastic job. Mm-hmm. Uh, and look, he took some shots at Trump, which is OK. That's sure. what it all is. Right. But I think what you're seeing with him and with Michael Rapport is um, this uh, the the blind faith being dropped. Right. That this this uh, look, we just have to believe in it. We just have to get behind it. And we all have to toe this line. And I think uh I think if if people want to have any self-respect left, they have to stop doing that. And so, you know, that's kind of how I saw Jon Stewart approaching it uh, last night. Uh, I'm going to continue to probably watch him on Mondays to see if he remains, you know. Yeah. It, it was just, it was refreshing. No, I, I, I remember, I love Jon Stewart on that show. And look, I, I didn't take yeah. all of it with a grain of salt uh, because it's he's a comedian and he doesn't, he shouldn't have that kind of sway over me as a voter. Um, but I thought it was great. And and what he did last night, something that Saturday Night Live doesn't do, that a lot of entertainers doesn't do, that d- don't do, is he took Joe Biden to task. He took Joe Biden to task. And that is something that has been mostly off limits for a lot of folks. So we'll we'll continue to watch that, certainly. But I just I I, I am curious why there has been this shift. And I'm not saying it's a tremendous amount of people, but there are people that are starting to go, wait a second here. Wait, 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 wait. We we, we we can't go down this path that we had been going down. I gotta I gotta at least I gotta at least open my mind to the idea of Donald Trump. And it's it's not it may not be a tremendous amount of people, but it is happening. And I think there are lots of instances, most recently the Michael Rappaport, kind of one eighty. 800-859-0957, 800-859-0WJR. Consumer prices rising, inflation rising. We'll talk to Patrick Anderson about it next on JR Afternoon. Well, the Bureau of Labor Statistics have released an updated inflation number. And unfortunately for those prognosticating for the White House, uh, things took a little bit of a turn because consumer prices were on the rise, inflation rising slightly as well. Uh, What does this mean for the long-term future as the Fed tries to beat down inflation to around 2%? Let's welcome Patrick Anderson, the principal and CEO of the Anderson Economic Group. Patrick, good to have you back. Good to talk to you again, Chris. What what do you make of these these latest round of numbers? Uh, It's like that Monty Python character. It's not dead yet. Inflation, (laughs) it's not dead yet. (laughs) Oh, it, it's, it's, it just flares up every once in a while here. <laughs> well, and of course, it's not dead because we as a federal government, we created this uh, and we put not billions, hundreds of billions, in fact, a trillion dollars into excessive spending that wasn't covered by uh, any taxation or production. And that's still working its way through. And we still have state governments, including Michigan, that have a surfeit of uh, COVID cash, as they call it. And you've got a lot of inflation still in the system. So good news is it's going down. 
but uh, don't fool yourself. It's not dead yet. You know, I, I, uh, I, I Tiger Woods just released uh, uh, his own line of clothing, and it reminds me of something that, that he uh, talks about frequently, and that's about his real versus feel. The real is the shot he's hitting, and the feel is what he's feeling, whether it's in his hands or in his feet, at contact with the ball. They're two separate things. And so you look at these numbers and you say, well, okay, well, these numbers uh, have been trending down. The Fed's been raising the interest rates in an effort to to drive inflation down, which has overall uh, worked. But as it flares up, still what people are feeling, consumers are feeling at the gas pump or at the grocery store, the real feels of people are still that inflation continues to be this this pesky invader that they can't shake off, and, and it is, is continuing to inflate the prices of everyday goods for people. It, it absolutely is. And if you look through the data here, okay, a lot of times if you're, if you're buying goods and, and things at the grocery store, which is 100% of everybody I'm talking to, it's 5% up. You're buying motor insurance. Ooh, that's double digit up. You're buying utility gas. That's double digit up. Airline fares up double digits. Electricity up double digits. And guess what? Uh, gasoline has gone down. Uh, of course, we, we really pushed it up a lot. And uh, used cars and trucks have gone down. Of course, those skyrocketed before. Mm-hmm. So you add it out and you average it out and we're still at 4% inflation. And that's that is double what is acceptable, and it's four times what we enjoyed, actually close to five times what we enjoyed for much of the last two decades. So uh, it is not the case that Americans don't know what's going on. Americans know very well what's going on, and the folks that are trying to explain this away and say that you know somehow it's a conspiracy that Americans are, are disappointed in inflation and unhappy with the, with how far their paycheck goes, that's just wrong. Americans know a lot about themselves, a lot more than people in, say, New York City, Washington, D.C., San Francisco, and uh, other places. You know, I, uh, the, the governor in her state of the, the state just a couple of weeks ago talked about that she there wasn't much she could do to tamp down global inflation. And I think the key word there is global inflation Global, because yeah. because certainly there are things that you can do uh within your your parameters that would uh, help uh, the the cut the cost of things for people in your state. The president has said, "Not much I can do about inflation. We're we're working on it, but not much we can just do and wave a wand and make this thing get da- down back to 2%." But is there something that they can do? You talked about the trillion dollar spending packages, things like that, excessive government spending. But is there something that that can be done in the near term that that can drive these the the price of these items down, the cost down? Uh, whenever you hear a politician in the United States use the word global inflation, you know that they're trying to excuse the administration in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. from responsibility. We absolutely are responsible for our own inflation. We have the biggest economy in the world. We have by far the most currency in the world. We have the best financed central bank in the world, and we have had that for the last half century. So if we have inflation, that's because we created it. And if we want to stop it, we can do what happened, you know, during the Ronald Reagan, George Bush era, we got down to 1% inflation, first 2%, then 1%. We enjoyed it for some time under both Democrats and Republicans, Mm -hmm. but we have 
extravagantly spent money and then printed money uh, in over much of the last half decade, and that is the direct cause of our inflation. It has nothing to do uh, with Vladimir Putin. Uh, you may recall that at one point, President Biden called it Putin's price increase. Yeah, invading Ukraine, driving up the cost of gas. Right. The uh, meat packers were blamed also by the White House. Mm-hmm. Uh, and using terms like global inflation as a way of saying that we're not responsible. Guess what? We're responsible. When you're in the United States of America, you can't blame uh, countries on the other side of the world for your own inflation. Uh, and that's a that's a real problem that we shouldn't allow politicians here to excuse themselves from. Well, does Bidenomics then help or, or hurt the inflation rate? What 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 policies do they have in place that is that is actively pushing down inflation aside from the Fed raising the, the interest rates as aggressively as they have? Well, the, the president alone, of course, uh, does control a lot of things. I mean, for example, wholesale cancellation of student loans is something that affects people's uh, uh, balance sheets and whether they feel like they all of a sudden have a bunch of extra money, uh, making it difficult to go and drill and pump oil or to, to make energy. We've had bizarre policies on that where we make it harder for Americans to produce energy, and then we actually beg people in other countries to pump more oil. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are some things like that that can be done. But most importantly, do you want to run uh, a government in which you pay your bills or at least get close to paying your bills? Do you want to, to run a Federal Reserve Board that basically prints money to to avoid any uh, call to reckoning among the fiscal policy makers. If, the, if that's the case, you're going to have inflation. And, and uh, fortunately, the Fed has at least started, uh, started about two years ago. Mm-hmm. They abandoned the notion of calling this transitory. Remember that one? Chris? Oh, yeah, Trans- sure. Right. Meatpackers, transitory, Putin. Yep. That, those were explanations for inflation for a while. Uh, and now with, with uh, Congress at least a little closer, the unbelievable extravagant spending is seems to be behind us we're now just in in let me say normal excessive spending uh, so that's the reason inflation is coming down but it's not down yet uh, and we're still going to have the rest of this year at least we're going to be uh, dealing with a lot of this inflation it's not down yet it's not dead yet according to patrick anderson <laughs> hey uh real quick there's been rumors that the fed could could lower the interest rate uh, over the next couple decisions, their next meetings coming up, where where do you expect the Fed to go here? I got about thirty seconds left. I don't think this with this kind of report, you're not going to see any short term rate cut. But mm-hmm. sometime during the year, I wouldn't be surprised if we had a very small rate cut. That's that's a positive thing. But the most important thing we need to do is is realize the the fiscal problems and the inflation that we got ourselves into, and then get out of it. Uh, that's within our control. Uh, and anybody that says it's not in our control forgets what country they're in. It's in our control. Patrick Anderson dropping economic knowledge and Monty Python puns. Appreciate that, as always. Patrick Anderson, great stuff. We'll talk again soon. All right, take care. Chris. You got it. 800-859-0957. Got to take a break. More next on JR Afternoon. I'm going to play this audio again. Michael Rappaport, comedian, actor, has been... Uh, about anti-Trump is impossible. And he was on a podcast recently, the Patrick Bet David podcast, PBD podcast. 
And he talked about how he was wrong on Donald Trump. He was wrong on the Charlottesville issue that that he ranted and raved about and and basically uh, said that he would not vote for Joe Biden, would not vote for Kamala Harris, will not vote for Gavin Newsom and um, is considering voting for Donald Trump. This is anti anti Donald Trump as anti Donald Trump as it could get. Why in the world are people like Michael Rappaport? switching, at least ditching the Democrats and considering switching to Donald Trump. Here's the audio. I'll give you some thoughts. We'll get to your calls. 800-859-0957. Here's Michael Rappaport. You know, that one thing about the Charlottesville that 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 I ranted about. Yes. And I was wrong about the both sides thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, but, so and I respect so irresponsible. And I respect. Wait, let me let me hear him out. Hang on. Yeah. Go a little bit more. What do you mean by that? You were wrong on that. No, because he said the, the both sides, you know, there's good people on both sides. And when you see the full quote, yeah, yeah, it, that wasn't what, what he said. And, 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 you know, I, I ranted on him hard for that. Mm-hmm. Hard. There's some video about it, whatever. Yeah. I mean, I ranted hard because I was like, what are you talking about, man? Because you got played. And here's what the, re- this is why I think you're going to vote for Trump. Is because you, much like me, much like many people, independent thinkers, not the sheep, Realize we kind of got played a little bit. Yes, Trump ain't exactly the smoothest character. He's not, he's not Jesus Christ. No, but he actually, his policies and who he has around him are way better than what's going on there. Okay, so you, you had somebody say maybe we got played. Maybe the media and what they were spoon-feeding to us was nonsense and we got duped. Now, rational people can look at it and, and you know they're not going to die on a hill. And and that sounds like that was the conversation in this podcast. But at the end of the day, I mean, why is somebody like Michael Rappaport changing his tune? Is it a rise in anti-Semitism? Is it, you know, the the the, the difficulty of finding a definition for the for the word woman? Is it the way students and parents are being treated in public schools? Is it is it the unrest globally? whether it's Russia, Ukraine, Israel, Hamas? Is it the Afghanistan withdrawal? Is it DEI in the military? Is it the border? Is it open border policies, uh, uh, illegal immigration? Is it homelessness? We've seen how out of control homelessness is in places like L.A., like San Francisco, like Philadelphia, Chicago. Is it these issues? That somebody says, okay, I got to, I got to, here's Donald Trump again. I, 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 I don't know if it's one, it's probably a number of issues and it probably doesn't help when the president, you know, has to defend his mental capacity uh, via a press conference and then goes out and fumbles and bumbles his way through said press conference and shows that he is not quite as sharp as he once was. I mean, it's probably an amalgamation of all those issues. 800-859-0957, 800-859-0WJR. Matt's in Yale. What's up, Matty? Yay. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. Thanks. Um, I will admit up front that I don't know too much about the Rappaport thing, but whenever I think about anybody wanting to switch from left to right or whatever, I think about the first half of my voting career. Now, the first time that I was able to vote, I went the Perot route because even back then, things were transparent enough to know that the United States needed a hardcore businessman, and it was long overdue. So some time goes by, and now I'm faced standing in the voting line, 
having to make a decision between Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. What was really interesting was the conversations that ensued. Most of the individuals that were talking about this topic before going into poll, poll whichever on the polls were leaning towards Clinton. The conversation rapidly became, when were we duped during Obama's administration? For my first perspective it was two years in when once again the transparency was quite clear where he where he was trying to take this country and and that's really it really wasn't good for us there's no question about whether or not from my perspective we were duped or possibly duped we were 100 percent duped this this media onslaught is is everything short of absolute so do so do you think people are 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 coming to grips with the fact that that they felt misled and that's why they're gravitating towards towards Donald Trump here you know something I absolutely completely agree with that and and again you know making the decision between Clinton and Trump back then that's what the push was um what I've seen is an onslaught of media uptick of said insanities since then and then, you know, look at the last four years and, and what we're standing against. And people are absolutely starting to, I hope, wake up in the right direction. It's mostly the conversations that I have with, with my peer group. I, I also have the privilege of getting to travel globally for my line of work. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I will state to the audience is please do your research, even if it's a little bit. We're, we're forced into this mindset that somehow the United States of America is unique to the things and the challenges that we're dealing with. We are not. No. I would love to be able to, to travel to Germany, to Thailand, to Poland, to the places that I go to for work, and instead of having to have to be asked the question, what are you guys thinking in America? Yeah. To, wow, you finally came to your senses. Well, we Matt, Matt, I think I think about, we can we can actually talk about, you know. Yeah, no, I, I, but, but I think that's part of what being a due diligent voter is about. Look, you don't have to like either candidate. That's fair. No, they don't. You don't. No. They, they don't have to be your cup of tea, but you got to do your due diligence. And if you want to if you if you want to sit out the vote, that's your prerogative. OK, that's that's generally not how I operate. But if that's your choice, you've got that choice. Free country. Welcome. What what I what I do not like is when people not only are misinformed on issues, but are just blatantly like you. You have no idea. And that's kind of how it was in the Rappaport thing. So the idea that people are are coming to grips with the fact that maybe they were misled, maybe what they were spoon fed was just garbage and it was nonsense and it was agenda driven and it was out of sheer um uh, I guess I don't know if it was political in every case, but it certainly benefited shareholders. It certainly benefited their bottom line. It certainly benefited their audience. When places like CNN or MSNBC, they 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 push a narrative, and if they push the narrative long enough, you're going to get enough people that you pay your bills. Well, to me, that's wrong. You you call balls and strikes. Nobody's immune from criticism. Nobody. So the the idea that there are more people looking at Donald Trump going, yeah, I, this is maybe something I got to look at now is very interesting. Ellen's in Ann Arbor. Hello, Ellen. Hi. Hey. I just want to say that 
say that uh, Mr. Rappaport is an entertainer, and he's going to do whatever he can to uh, get an audience. So take that uh, with a grain of salt, if you will. But uh, that's- well, Ellen, let me. Can I counterpoint you? And I want to sure. know. I want to hear what you have to say. It is very unpopular amongst the 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 elitist left for you to take the stance that that Michael Rappaport took. Like for him to come out and say, boy, I heard the whole clip of when he was talking about Charlottesville and turns out I was wrong. It was irresponsible for me to comment the way I did. Like that is not a popular, that's not a popular take. Well, no, no, not among the left. No, but he's trying to increase his popularity amongst uh, everybody. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He wants to increase his audience. Sure. So, so, so do you believe this is just hollow? There's no real truth to it. Yeah, I believe that. Okay, and that's fair. I believe, I believe he may change his mind again before the election. Do, do you think? Do you think there is a bit of a a, a a shift towards Donald Trump among some people that that were in the Biden camp in 2020? Do you think there is a shift? Well, based on what I've been reading, I think there is a slight shift. Yeah. but. There's a lot of time between now and November, and there's a, certainly still, still a lot of uh, uh, gaps that uh, both candidates can make that will that will sway the election. Yeah, and, and and Alan, I appreciate the call. Again, I'm not talking about sizable shift. I'm not talking about seismic shifts where where you're. I mean, it's going to be a landslide. I'm not talking about that. But I do think that there are. I mean, these little steps turn out to be pretty impactful if you put them all together. Like you know, the Hispanic vote is growing for Donald Trump. Young voters growing for Donald Trump. That that New York Times Siena poll that was released what was it late last year right around Christmas time? Donald Trump was up like 6% over Joe Biden amongst voters under the age of 30. That's stunning. That that that, that doesn't happen. So even if it's even if it's outside the margin of error and Donald Trump's got a 2% lead, right? Let's say let's say he's got a 2% lead amongst voters under the age of 30, Donald Trump gaining support in the African-American vote, the the Arab community not voting for Joe Biden. Now, like all of these little things, while not big, they will add up and they will play a factor come November. Alan, I appreciate the call. Got to run. Steve Courtney joins me next here on JR Afternoon. Lots of eyeballs on Las Vegas on Sunday. I mean, lots one of the most watched Super Bowls of all time. Steve Courtney joins me. Hello, Stephen. Chris, how are you, my friend? Good. Good. Very glad good. To, glad to hear it. Uh, this conversation with you, my friend, brought to us by the Performance Remodeling Sweepstakes. Performance Remodeling, a preferred partner of the Inside Outside Guys, kicked off, yes, another $100,000 window of opportunity sweepstakes. Request your windows, roofing, and siding quote today. Log into windowsroofingsiding.com to enter the Performance Remodeling Sweepstakes. Uh, Indeed, Chris, uh, Super Bowl 58 turned out to be the most watched program in television history. Mm -hmm. How about that? According to Nielsen and Adobe Analytics, the Chiefs' overtime win over those 49ers averaged 123.4 million viewers across television and uh, streaming platforms. That shattered, of course, last year's mark of 115.1 million for Kansas City's last play win over the Eagles with a 7% increase. Now, keep in mind, the game was televised by CBS, Nickelodeon, and a Univision 
and streamed on Paramount Plus as well as the NFL's digital platforms. Now, Nielsen also said a record 202.4 million watched at least part of the game across all networks, a 10% jump over last year's figure of 183.6 million. The uh, CBS broadcast, in, in case you're wondering, averaged 120 million. The network's previous mark for its most watched Super Bowl was 112.34 million, Chris. That was the 2016 game, oddly enough, between the Broncos and Carolina Panthers. Uh, the Super Bowl had the added attraction, of course, of Taylor Swift. Now, many uh, in the media platform saying that she indeed was the difference. Uh, Taylor Swift mania continues. That's why Ken Brown watched. That's exactly why he watched. Oh, he did watch. I thought he was not watching. No. He lied. Of course he I lied. Had to, I had some money on it, so I had to tune oh, in. Oh, yeah. oh, I had some money. I on see it. how it works. But until that point, I was not going to watch. I was still hurt. Of course, I was too. I couldn't stop thinking 17-point halftime lead. 17-point halftime I just thought the Lions deserved the pageantry of a Super Bowl game the way they did. played this year. Yeah. Win or lose. Of course, and we all thought we were going when we were up 17 yeah. at the half. But you know what? Uh, for research purposes, uh, stopping at a tavern or two uh, on Super Bowl mm-hmm. Sunday, uh, there were a lot of folks like you, Kenny, saying they, they were not planning on watching Super Bowl 58 for the reasons that we're discussing. But um, discretion became the better part of valor, and uh, they tuned in. Apparently, uh, based on the numbers I just shared, a whole bunch of people tuned in. Isn't it great now that Dan Campbell is off the coaching hot seat and Shanahan is on now? You know how they for the last two weeks it was all bad coaching no by way. Campbell. Is he on now the hot seat? it's oh no. Shanahan. I'm talking about for the decisions he made to not to take the ball at oh, overtime, sure, 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 sure. the oh, decisions yeah, yeah, yeah. he made not to get go for the touchdown at the mm-hmm. first overtime and kick the field goal. I'm just saying. I think it's because of betting that everybody has to blame somebody for Correct. every game. Oh, of course. Lose. It has to be somebody's fault. It just can't be a, the other team was better and they yep. won. It has to be a coaching fault, a refereeing fault, a, the people that watched it fault. The guy in uh, Tupelo, Mississippi didn't change chairs at halftime and he jinxed them. I mean, yep. it's always somebody's fault now. And I think it has to do with the gambling. Absolutely. Well, and not to mention analytics. Um, you know, you can't watch an NFL broadcast anymore uh, without analytics coming into play. And, you know, uh, head coaches, whether it be Dan Campbell or whomever, make a decision to go for it on fourth down uh, at whatever yard line. Uh, yeah, analytics says that is the right call. So yeah. uh, it is a uh, different day and age for sure. Uh, all right, uh, let me, can I ask you this, Steve? Yes. Uh, because I know that you're a purveyor of all things uh, golf course. If you if if I if I gave you tickets to the Super Bowl or the waste management out in Phoenix, where oh, are you Lord. going? Well, I'll tell you what. Until this year, uh, it was a bucket list thing for me to get to the Waste Management Phoenix Open because it just looked like an incredible time. And and this particular tournament uh, was a dandy. Nick Taylor uh, overcoming a, uh, a three-shot deficit with four holes to go in regulation. Then he hits that 11-foot uh, birdie putt to beat Charlie Hoffman, one of my favorites, on the second hole of the playoff. Anyway, uh, there's been a lot of players on tour saying they're done. Uh, what we witnessed, and we didn't even see half of it, I'm sure, it just turned out to be a major drunk fest. Now, you know the PGA Tour uh, wants to, uh, you know, improve 
I guess it's reputation and allow people to have fun. But some of the stories I've read, Chris, I don't know if you or Kenny oh, it's crazy. the same thing. Um, but, yeah, it was uh, just a drunk fest. And you had uh, Billy Horschel uh, get into it with uh, somebody in the gallery. Uh, Zach Johnson, who is about as level-headed as it gets, uh, a wonderful golf uh, resume. Uh, he got into it with somebody, and he said he's done um, unless changes are made. And remember, I think it was going into the championship round on Sunday. They had to cut people off, yeah, uh, in, in line. That actually, they actually had tickets, and they ceased alcohol sales. <laughs> so people were getting in; they didn't belong there. They didn't have tickets. They were getting into VIP areas. Yeah, it was a mess. Then you had the kid. Uh, run on the course First and do a problems. snow angel in the 16th bunker. Yep. Now you can't have it. I saw him jump in and. First it, world problem. It almost, it almost looked like he thought there was going to be more give. Like he thought he was jumping into a pool and yeah. come to find out it, you're just jumping onto dirt with some sand over it. <laughs> it yeah, I think he's, I, I, I think the dude scorpioned and, uh, <laughs> yeah, he, he was, uh, he was a little out there, but I mean, good. that was just, that was just the, uh, the icing on the cake. I mean, there was uh, example after example of you know people people uh, belly sliding down crazy. the uh, hills. I don't know. The PGA says they're going to look into it, and yeah. changes will be made for next year. All right, Steve. We'll talk to you tomorrow, my friend. Thank you. Bad Enjoy, fellas. Golf course. Ooh, call the border patrol. They- <laughs> First world problems, uh, yeah. people. First world problems. All right, Mitch Elm and the group coming up next. We'll see you tomorrow.